0: Hey, y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms, and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. This show is not a substitute for a professional care diagnosis or treatment. If you have or suspect you may have a medical or psychological condition, you should consult with your appropriate health care provider. You can also visit our website for resources on finding services near you. We would like to give a big shout out to Boxed Up. If you would like to improve the sound quality and the visuals to the content that you are creating, you should try Boxed Up as well. You can visit their website at tryboxedup.com or visit them on Instagram at tryboxedup. All one word. All together, like a tribe conquest, You say it together. Shout out to them for all of the amazing things that they have added to our show as well. Appreciate you guys. You. What's poppin', everybody? This episode, we will be talking about the highly demanded from our <laughs> listeners, the 2000 American romantic sports drama film, Love and Basketball. Yes, this is it. Every time I think of Love and Basketball... I think Fool of Me, that song. I feel so dumb that that automatically <laughs> comes in. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> they didn't have to do it like that and play that song right then. <laughs> right then too, like he got she she checked the ball and she realized she was losing. It's like, I feel so dumb. <laughs> She was. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll save that for later. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we got to start with our with our quotes, huh? That's how <laughs> we usually do before we start ripping into people's characters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, you can't start without well, for me, at least mm-hmm. she a her because she's sending her pussy through the, through the mail. That's that's the first one for me. What's, what's That's your even first? Even before I'll play you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Before that one too. <laughs> um. I guess then. Well, of course, the I'll play you for your heart, because <laughs> bitch, what? Um. <laughs> but then, aside from that, uh, yeah. When you come at me with bullshit like that, oh no. Are they cursing their mamas in Spain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was the first time I actually realized that she said that. <laughs> oh, no. Although well, she wasn't. Because you could take your ass back to Spain with that. Right. Okay. <laughs> and never let a freshman take your spot. Mm, she right. made it. <laughs> she did. Drop that weight on that chest real quick. She's like, ah, uh, uh girl wasn't even that heavy calm down it wasn't a real weight it sounded like it seemed like everybody else had weights that were actually clinging when right. they were lifting and she had she just she had a real bar but then weights were not real <laughs> right talk about it was good acting good job Sanaa. all right <laughs> she was really struggling <laughs> no my favorite of all is damn girl i didn't no nike made dresses <laughs> The shade, <laughs> the shade. The shade of it all. Even her date had to like <laughs> take a moment. Ah. <laughs> Forrest Cojo and his old self. <laughs> Girl, trying to play a college freshman. Where you come from? What's your five o'clock shadow, sir? <laughs> him handsome. Him handsome. It's okay. It was so funny because they were awkward, so awkward together at the dance to begin with. And what was funny is like she was so awkward in her dress like she she was just moving real funny in her dress and, and then like she didn't even know how to sit like she got comfortable real, real quick one time it was like ooh, oh it was like damn <laughs> right they <laughs> had to do it like that it wasn't that bad at least i don't think <laughs> uh i took personal offense when the teammate told her don't even trip mine. She's just mad because she bow-legged hey whoa whoa actually Nothing wrong with being bow legged for one. Oh, you then Find it sexy. Aww, <laughs> so she my bow-legged. grandma used to tell me when I was little it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you'll be all right with your bow leggedness. <laughs> then what her mom told her, I'm um, hoping you'll grow out of this tomboy thing. I won't. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> right. <laughs> Her sister laughed so quick. That's funny. That was funny. She was it on was. with she it. She was on it. Because I'm not. you you rather see me in an apron and my jersey. But she say jeans. One of the two. No matter. <laughs> she just they, they didn't. They did not get along.
1: Since no, she was a little all.
0: girl. It you know, another one is uh, another favorite of mine. This is from, from the McCalls. When they was having their argument, and he was like, "Don't worry, we have enough savings to keep your finance and Gucci and gold." Ooh, that pissed her off. It was the way he said it. I think, right. I'm glad she dinged him with the bracelet, keep like caught him fight. right in the back of the head. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mister Allstate, I used to think I was lucky to be married to Zeke McCall, but I'm tired. <laughs> she, ooh, she was tired. She was so tired, especially by that pool. She would like she went through it, honey. But that whole bottle of Jack, damn near gone. <laughs> Jack, I said, woo, she drinking hard." <laughs> Ooh, Chad, she was in her feelings. Absolutely, I would too. But hey, you know, all's fair in love I and basketball. Oh gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They said that several times throughout the movie, so I hope that they really wanted to drive that message home. They did get it. Message. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) So this has this movie had a great soundtrack. What was one of your favorite songs? (laughs) Light as a rock. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh, okay. All right, I see you. That did go hard though. I was like, this is this is timeless. It's classic. Like no matter what age I am, I still like yeah. MC Light. I love it. <laughs> that's a that's a classic. And the DJ was jamming at the uh at the dance. For real though. Oh. I was like yeah, yeah, Q. He he is. <laughs> hmm They was getting it too. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, the one where the guy was like damn near on the floor. I you know, just got paid. Yes. Just got paid. Friday night. <laughs> night. Every time I hear that song, I hit that little low hit, you know, but I won't be able to do that for, for a while with these knees. I ain't got Maggie the Stallion knees no more. Getting down <laughs> is not bad. It's getting up. That's the hard part. <laughs> sure. Tell me about it. <laughs> what else you got, homie? Um, Spire's Quotes. This pretty much wraps it up. Just the last one. It was like, I can't do this shit. What did I tell you about saying that word? Right. Can't, should not not being a man's vocabulary. <laughs> That's the we focusing on. His mother was right. like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Don't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of him as a dad, Zeke McCall? <laughs> I really felt like as a dad, he was doing his best. He was trying to prepare um, Quincy for all of the things that he knew that was coming he had already been that route. He had already had the experiences. He was really just trying to prepare Quincy to be the man that he felt like he needed to be in order to successfully na- navigate the things that he was going through. I think he was a trash husband. Um, but it seems like he did not want to be married. So most people who mm-hmm. don't want to be married. Don't do well at it. And the wife kind of was upset about the hoes and the hoochies because she know how she got them. It was giving very much um, Kimbella and Jewels, like, keep these groupies around from around you because I know how I got you type thing Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. I was a hoe and I bagged you that way. So keep these other hoes away. Damn. You know, I, I yeah. When I was trying to look for a diagnosis, I was like, man, see, this is why we really have to come out with this next DSM because these are two people or two diagnoses that could actually exist, NBA playerism and gold diggerism. We could change the, the language to be a little more appropriate, but I think, I think these are actual disorders that need to go into the new DSM. What exactly is the <coughs> um, criteria for NBA playerism? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm glad you asked. So some (laughs) of the criteria is (laughs) whole like mentality, uh, feeling that they have to please them all. Okay. Uh, Criteria number two is, um, you know, having meetings at at 9 p.m. Okay. And then what else? You know, just just having them all at, at all times. And just, I don't know if that's solely NBA playerism. I know some. I know a dude that fixed cars that that pretty much that has that, that Yeah, that okay. ha- fits that exact criteria. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so maybe we shouldn't because then there's then there's NFL players that could fit that too. And then, yeah, so. What, There's what women would you, that fit that criteria. There is regular folks that fit yes. that criteria. That is un, there are unemployed people that fit that criteria. <laughs> I feel like that it's a very so, broad something that might need to be, you okay. know, we, we might need to work on that one. That one might okay. come in future editions of our imaginary okay. DSO. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So what would you call it? That could mm-hmm. just be playerism. Playerism? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we put on the playerism. There we go. Yeah. And it can be it can be its own um, category, mm-hmm. its own section. And then there mm-hmm. can be specific subject, diagnosis yes, because, under that field. Right. Yes. Based off of occupation or whatever you want. Or even in. just, you know, matching criteria. You might be the um, the one where you feel like I have a certain level of money, so I deserve to be a player. Mm-hmm. You might mm-hmm. be one where you feel like I um don't want to miss out on the whole train, so Choo-choo. I have to yeah yeah I got to get them in as as mm-hmm. fast as I can because I might not have these opportunities later on. You could be the I was ugly as a child and now I'm cute. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay, okay. we got to speak about that one. Too. That one. That's a there's, real yeah. So you know, there's we might we might need to you know do a little more research. Absolutely. Break that down. So yeah, so we're gonna take the NBA NBA part of it and we're gonna call it playerism. Now. There is the other side of that. So, is it gold diggerism? I believe we established a uh, uh, gold digger, uh, gold digger tendencies in the um, Jamie Fox episode we did we spoke on that briefly we however did not go into the exact criteria of it um mm. the undeserved thoughts of deserving material possessions right, based right. on giving up your genitalia um
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: and, and all that comes along with with that the, the the constant fear and worry of being replaced because you are solely there for the use of your genitalia mm. um you know th- things of the such damn son Yeah, well, (laughs) we're idiots. (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) I did, however, just struggle. Um, I really didn't feel like there was a lot of diagnosis in this film. I felt like there were a lot of people who I would like to see clinically and people that I would like Mm -hmm. to work with. Couples, Mm -hmm. relationships, family-wise. There was only one person who I did fully diagnose um, with a disorder of adjustment. And that was Sidra. Oh, oh, do tell. And that was from the um, struggling with the injury that she had. The season injury, the season ending injury. Felt like she was really struggling with that. Being on crutches at the party. I think Mm -hmm. I just would stay at home. I don't think I would went to the party on the crutches. Um, I mean, if you want to feel bad for somebody or you want to. But like yeah. do you throw your crutch in the air and wave it like you just don't care? Like Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hitting that. people with it. My bad. She really did have a um high athletic identity and so her losing her spot did some it took her some time to be able to regain that uh, sense of self that she lost with being out with injury, which is something that is uh, very serious for athletes and that they do struggle with. And when they have experiences with injuries and I think sometimes we don't pay attention to hers. guess with season ending. I've seen players just be out for a couple weeks and it get dark, even in just those couple weeks, like them not look like themselves, them look having feelings of hopelessness and not seeing that there is a light of, to the end of the tunnel until they get to the point where they can start moving around again and participating in sport. And so I was very concerned with her. And I hope that uh, USC being the school that it was, had, you know, some services there for her to rehab, not just her knee, ankle, leg, injury, whatever it was, ankle, but also me. her wellness. You know, back then, it didn't seem like that was really a thing. Like, We didn't really provide a lot of wellness or mental health, for that matter, for students yet alone our student athletes. I think it's just now becoming something that's expected. What do you think? I think that there has always been an understanding amongst athletes and athletic departments that oh, we might need to check in a little bit more with this one, with the the issues of it. It's not a new phenomenon. I think it's always something that they have understood and experienced, whether they were as apt to encourage them to talk to a professional, whether they were as um, understanding and had the expectation of we need to support them through this as opposed to, They'll be okay once they get back to sport i think just the the relationship that we have with it is very different but i think that coaches i think that athletes have always not always but for a long time been aware because mm-hmm. it is it, it's commonplace it's a, it's a natural reaction if that is the biggest part of what forms your identity it's how you make your friends it's how you spend most of the time it's what structures your day and mm-hmm. then for that to be taken away it's a, it's an expected reaction for someone to struggle with that at first. And mm-hmm. so I think that there, there's a general understanding that that happens. I think the response to it is what has changed the most. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I would say, I didn't even think about diagnosing her. I just thought she was a bully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I didn't even want you. They was done recruiting. My right. girl just got pregnant. It was like, "Come on, you ain't had to do the girl like that." It's like, thought oh, she should know. Mm-hmm. Like, girl. Um, I need your info and your input. <laughs> I did. And then to add the the insult to the injury is that not only did she lose her spot, she lost her spot to a freshman. Right, because all this time, see, God don't like ugly, Ooh. you know. And it, had she been nice, and had she not acted that way, maybe she wouldn't have broken that little funky ankle of hers, and she would have been able to play in her spot. But because she wanted to be mean, she had to be taught a lesson. Look at karma. All what right. That? That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Anywho. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I struggle with diagnosing for, mo- for the most part, and then I kind of got real bold about it was like you know what let's just do this shit and (laughs) so for zeke mccall mr mccall i i put histrionic personality disorder (laughs) (laughs) he didn't have that uh theatricality though that that rapid shift of emotion um emotion based behavior no he just was you know no, he didn't have no the one shift. No did. It's just, th- oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that not a shift in, <laughs> in behavior? <laughs> Let's see. So, hmm. Is uncomfortable in a situation where he or she is not the center of attention? I wouldn't say that. Interaction with others characterized by inappropriate, is seductive, productive behavior? No style of speech that is excessively impersonal, impersonistic and lacking in detail. Maybe it's it's just his voice. I don't know. All states. (laughs) That's what the dramatization really comes from. Anyway, um, no, I really don't have real reasons. That's just one of the disorders (laughs) that I would give him because that histrionic is also known as the whole disorder. That's how I see it. What? I said it. I said it. You know, (laughs) <laughs> thoughts and ideas expressed by dr Rose now are not those held by <laughs> the diagnosis common movies That's the <laughs> podcast <one. laughs> histrionic it, hoe it sounds like um dr Rosie B would need a little uh supervision with working with zeke Maybe, um, yeah. His wholeness <laughs> is triggering something for her it is, to where it is. she's seeing it as a, it a clinical concern. <laughs> it is. It's affecting me because, you know, I'm seeing like a go digger. I I think he's just a hoe, you know what I'm saying? And that's just how I see it. So, yeah, histrionic hoe. I think we're going to go ahead and rule that out. um <laughs> <laughs> So then for Camille's. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, if uh, if you were seeing Zeke as a client, whether it was individual or whether it was uh, to potentially to work through the the com- confirmation of the cheating and things like that, mm-hmm. what would you do with him? Okay, so on a serious note, I wouldn't I wouldn't diagnose him with his trans. <laughs> <laughs> disorder. On a serious note, I would not. Um, but. I think that we would kind of go through just some things that he's gone through throughout his life. I would, for me, I'm very much so psychoanalytic in the sense that I want to know about the childhood experiences. I don't want to stay there per se, but I'd like to know some of those things, some some of those learned behaviors. So, what was your your parents' relationship like? And so, how did you learn um, some of some of your love languages or some of your your relationship? you know, um, languages and behaviors. Um, so I would start there and then just kind of become, let him become aware of some of those behaviors and seeing how he's responsible for some of the things that has happened and transpired and not seeing it like, oh, I'm the victim or these women, they just show up at my door. Okay. Well, you are also responsible for engaging. It's not just them. Um, and then, you know, I think it's just kind of a matter of, of how do you want to move forward and, and rekindling that relationship with your son? Is that, is that important for you? Um, Because I feel like that's the one thing that that's going to be on his mind the most, because he, he did chase after him the most. He did want that. And he didn't really, not to say that he wasn't remorseful, but he was just like, I did what I did with your mom, but I want this relationship with you. And so that would be my next focus is like, okay, so what would it look like if you're not able to get in, in contact with him again? And, you know, how would you work past that? Because right now, from well, from what you're seeing in the movie, Q is not interested in having him in his life anymore. So that's the approach that I would take. That was really long winded. OK, what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I definitely completely um, agree with the targets and the goals that you kind of laid out. I have like a non scientific based theory. There's no proof of it at all. It's just just me. Kids that grow up with their parents together mm-hmm. are soft. <laughs> <laughs> they have a level of can't get over like if not not all of them like if you have parents that are together and they actually love each other and they have a healthy functional relationship those people can be well adjusted but if you have a if you have parents that are together and they are staying together for the kids it does something to the kid and then when they break up like, They just can't handle it, like they fall apart, and but they can't see past themselves. It's like they got cheated on, and they mm-hmm. even have the full awareness and understanding that this relationship was not healthy for these two people, mm-hmm. but they feel so betrayed and so violated in it. And it's like, this ain't got nothing to do with you, huh? Well, well, okay. <laughs> is it is it like okay, is it is it a difference if there's like an amicable di- divorce? where they both just agree like, you know what, we just don't have the same love for each other or is there like someone, there's infidelity that you feel like the child is more likely to take it personal. You get what I'm saying? No, because I feel like the kids who's, it's an amicable divorce and they understand, I think it's half and half. I think half of them are okay. And the other half is like, it's my fault. If I was a better kid, then my parents would still be together. Girl, hush (laughs) it. I'm wrong. Let me do like you did me. Uh, Courtney Copeland's uh, opinion here does not reflect the opinions of the DSM. It doesn't. This is not science based. This is my own personal um, theory that I conclusion that I have drawn from my very limited experiences in life. And Uh, (laughs) I'm saying that they saw that out. They just—they don't know how to handle it. Like that breakup does something monumental. Like I feel like I've, I rag on Disney a lot, but I do feel like kids need a certain level of grit, like an understanding of how to overcome. Mm-hmm. And that's why they kill off parents in every <laughs> in every Disney film. But uh, it, it seems like for kids who have an understanding that their parents are just not together from a very young age, they understand their parents just aren't together. They may have in- issues with individual mm-hmm. parents, but they get it for parents who can speak to their kids and you know reasonably express to them that this not working it's not okay we're gonna separate does that do something and is there a period of adjustment and the kid does have to figure out that it's not their fault yes but as Quincy shows like those other kids they don't have the emotional grit to be able to 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 process this to understand this I feel like this movie could have been very short had <laughs> quincy knew how to handle his emotions. He was emotionally unprepared to respond to anything that was going on. He was going through a period of transition and couldn't cope with it himself on top of his parents having all of these changes. Him realizing that he is mediocre in in everything was just, it was all too much for him. He grew his whole life thinking that his family were above average, special, and unique, him and his family. And the, this divorce was part of the significance of him and his adjustment with college. Him seeing that he is, on want to say, playing field as everyone else, and <laughs> he just couldn't handle it. The comp- he has this natural um, desire to compete for competition, to prove that he's better, to to be the best, to try to win, and he wasn't. And <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was it was. Mm, mm. It's falling them apart. Okay, I mean, I can I can agree that Quincy um, didn't know how to handle his emotions, but it also made me realize that the parents didn't know how to handle their emotions either within the family system. So, what (laughs) across the board? (laughs) Across the board, yeah. Because then, so now that goes back to those learned behaviors of okay, so. When I'm angry, I'm going to shout. I'm going to let you know that I'm angry. I want to argue with you because that's how we communicate. Um, You see how his mom was trying to approach him or, you know, asking questions about whose earring is this, right? That's your (laughs) earring, mom. Right. (laughs) I'm a gold. Right. And so I wear Gucci and gold, little nigga. This is sterling silver. (laughs) Okay. I know this ain't my earring. And. It's just like how she approached him is the same way she approached his dad, you know, about coming home late and blah, blah, blah. So I think that's what he was wanting with someone who was going to meet him with that level of passion. And Monica's like, I gotta go. But <laughs> he wasn't even really trying to argue. He was doing little petty stuff like no, getting was, drunk and, and he trying to take argue. another girl on the date and just doing attention seeking. Yes, yes. And it was just like that he wanted the passion. He wanted to get a reaction out of her and he wasn't quite hitting the spot for her. She's just like, I'm I'm a baller. I'm going to go play ball. Okay. I have goals (laughs) and I have aspirations in my life and I have things that I want to do and accomplish. And if you're going to stand in the way of that because you don't know how to handle your emotions, maybe this isn't. No, she wasn't saying maybe this isn't the relationship for me. She was like, "But well, what about us?" Right? But she was. I'm glad to she work. eventually got to the place of like, "I'm a boiler. and then she lost that. So it was like all this time, what happened? And I feel like that was very um, they the way that they presented it is, "Oh, it's because I miss you." No, girl, like you was missing home. You were in a country on the other side of the, the world and you didn't speak the language. You didn't have any friends. You didn't have any emotional supports. You didn't have any uh, activities that you did that were outside of sport. You had no identity outside of being a baller. And so, yes, it became unfun because your only other identity outside of being a ball player was in college when you were Quincy McCall's girl. I feel I I feel that they that's the reason why they were together because they had those things in common. That ball is life mentality, the comp the competitiveness for both of them was outstanding. And then I just feel like they they both had issues like as far as like how they controlled or you know, ha- expressed their emotions where for Quincy, it was acceptable for him to express or do whatever he needed to do on the court, but it was unacceptable for Monica to behave or express her emotions in a certain way when she was on court. Um, it was unacceptable because it was, she, her actions were legit unacceptable. She was highlighting a very real issue um, in the perception of gender in sport. However, she also was, behaving in a way that's unacceptable and her coaches weren't appreciating. And it was it, w- it was obvious that, like, you are overreacting. And mm-hmm. so I would have liked to work with uh, Monica right as a, um, a mental performance uh, consultant and teaching her different ways to stay in the moment, because when mm-hmm. she if um, you even look at the movie, when she is um, dribbling down the court and she's focused, she's speaking to herself. She's walking herself through Mm -hmm. exactly what she needs to do. And then she's able to execute the Mm -hmm. moment that she allows the emotions to take control. She stops communicating with herself and she becomes reactive instead of responding. And Mm -hmm. so then she's losing what is the, the it factor that she had in the skill ability, the the skill Mm -hmm. area. And so I would like to be able to work with her for that mindfulness that being able to stay in the moment, that Mm -hmm. uh, guided imagery doing, doing the plays without, um, with we even without the ball, just visualizing it get into a place where you are fully in control breathing exercises so so that she can keep from hyperventilating because when she got really upset she was almost about hyperventilating she couldn't breathe and so and it, it seems like she was able to develop that but it took time for her in in that time to develop with her going to college and her playing and I'm um, hoping that maybe just, you know, off screen, they had that those services available. It is a big school. And um, she was able to get that. And we see that come to full circle for her when she almost gives up when she does earn the uh, the starting spot, when she almost gives up the play, but then she sticks with it and then they end up winning the game because she didn't lose her cool in that moment. She was able to mm-hmm. jump right back into play and execute exactly what she needed to do. And so for her, I felt like her biggest things were more so sport. Like if she was my client, we would be doing that sports performance stuff and then that family of origin stuff, because mm-hmm. for her, that's how that... Her whole issue with um, her mom and her mom giving up her dreams and giving up her identity to the family Mm -hmm, caused her to try to do the exact complete opposite. And I'm going to give my full identity to my dreams and my aspirations. And I'm only going to see myself as an athlete in no Mm -hmm. other way. And that's where a lot of her unhappiness was coming from because she only had two identities. She was a baller and she was Quincy's girlfriend. We don't see her really have any relationships outside of Quincy. Quincy might be the only man that she had sex with her whole life so like Mm -hmm. she really just needed to develop who she was as as an individual and I'm hoping that she Mm -hmm. did that before her and Quincy had their child that we see at the end of the movie because if she does not develop who her identity is then she's going to continue to just well now I'm Quincy's woman I'm a baller and I'm a mom and that's it like she really just needs to find who Monica is what the things are that what the things are that she likes and doesn't like outside of sport like who just at her core who am I those are big questions that she really needs to have answered and I feel like that was a lot of her inability to answer that is what caused a lot of distress a lot of her distress that we even see in the film is that she's holding on to this piece of identity the pieces of identity that she has Ball and Quincy those two and Mm. There's no flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so when Quincy's getting married, she's like, well, that's my identity. So I got to go get him. Oh, really? Okay. I I, I mean, I agree. I, I disagree that she felt like her identity was Quincy. Quincy's girl. Okay. All right, Quincy's girl. Fine, fine, fine. Anyhow, so i do agree she she did um struggle with finding her own identity the the two i guess v codes that i've given her from the dsm would be um v6120 uh parent with parent child relational problem with her mom and then v62.89 is a phase of life problem because she was still trying to figure out who she is so like you said this transition from high school to college I'm a ball player. And then even going into Barcelona, I think that's when she started to realize, well, is there more to life than just ball? And then when she starts to see, wow, Quincy is, you know, you know, moving on with his life and here I am still stuck trying to figure out what I want. um, I think she just had a moment of this feels familiar. Let me go back to what feels good to me and instead of trying to find some another partner she she wanted him back she wanted that old thing back right and then I thought it was really interesting that for the end of the 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 movie most people I don't know if if it's let me just speak for myself when I saw the crowd and you know that last stadium scene I'm assuming that it was going to be Quincy that was going to come out. When I first saw this, I'm like, yeah, Quincy got back on. And then it's like, oh, it's Monica. And, you know, and of course they're, they're married and, you know, what have you. And it seems as if now she founds her passion again for Ball because now he's in her life again. So that was really interesting to see that that ending in that way and it's interesting too that she would no longer be playing in california she should actually be playing in in chicago because they're now a chicago team the sparks um <laughs> but anyway um i'm not yeah. going hey go have you a moment <laughs> She's transplant <laughs> <too. Ooh. laughs> I be that I grew <laughs> <laughs> no but um, I don't know I I did feel good that she was back on the court but then I was just like oh I thought she was going to go off and do amazing things too like leave ball alone thought she was going to find herself but no we're back to these same two identities all right yeah, that was and it's America, and it was the beginning of the WNBA, so they really wasn't making no money. And right, so I hope that is that she's not like. I hope that Quincy has something that is helping sustain them because, like y'all, y'all gonna have it rough living yeah. off of a WNBA salary. Yikes, hmm. I know, I and and but that's just so frustrating. Like black women can be. Amazing superstar talents can be like superhuman, awesome beings, and that will get you a mediocre level of reward. Like she got Quincy, who, Mm. yeah, it's like, "Mm -hmm." like, "Mm She was a, she was winning whole championships and making lots of money and then had to come back at like home and work at the bank, which is the harsh reality of a lot of the women that uh, play in the WNBA. Is but I mean, yes, the W again, the WNBA is still in its infancy stages if we look at it in comparison to the NBA and mm-hmm. it is continuing to grow and it's grown leaps and bounds since it's, since its inception in the 90s and I feel like it will continue to grow and women will get their uh just due however they weren't when Monica Wright was supposed to have been playing no. No. <laughs> so but it, it but to her credit she wasn't happy And so for her happiness, I'm glad that if this is the compromise that you have to make for you to feel better, for you to feel more whole as a person, then I understand that. And I respect you being able to make that decision for yourself, because it can't be an easy one to to let go of being a superstar uh, overseas to then being. Mm -hmm. And whatever she was at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then so then it also goes to reiterate what Quincy said as far as like he only played basketball to be better than his dad. So I wonder if he felt like I am better than my dad because I'm married, I'm loyal and I'm married to my wife and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that what that theory would be. But yeah, I think that's just how he feels like I'm I'm better because I'm a dad and I don't have to play basketball because I'm a better man than my father. And he even said that. His dad even kind of admitted to that, um, that he wanted him to be a better man. And he asked him, well, why weren't you the man you wanted me to be? Um, which is, I feel be. like is an unrealistic question for you to ask a parent. Yeah. I feel like your parent is trying to give you their best. They want you to be mm-hmm. better than them. They want mm-hmm. you to be the, the to your fullest potential. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfair to expect them to be perfect. And I think a lot of people... Uh, deal with some type of like existential disappointment when they Mm -hmm. realize that their parents are imperfect human beings and that they are just people the same way that you are trying to navigate life Mm -hmm. but when you have them on this oh they're perfect they're the level that i need to reach they are the standard that only is going to create disappointment Mm -hmm. when they don't um, reach the level of morality uh, value Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you view them in, in your mind. And so I think that that was really what Quincy was struggling with. And in the week that he potentially heard that he'd heard about the paternity suit. And then his mom confirmed that he was cheating. He mm-hmm. went and entered into the draft, threw away his college career and we yeah. broke up with his girlfriend. It was a lot of, mm-hmm. my thing is who else was Quincy's supports? Was it just his, girlfriend and his two parents like he didn't really talk to anybody about these decisions he was able to make these decisions very quickly Mm -hmm. it all happened back to back to back it just it seemed like Quincy could have used the extra level of support as well Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he could have used some just someone to talk to whether it had been a professional or even just a good friend who genuinely could listen to him Mm -hmm. not Monica Calhoun though because hmm. Mm. He did not t- need to take her ass to Burger King. He, I'm he sure did they didn't not. have no quality conversation at Burger King. Could not. But <laughs> could not. I but like, really? I definitely could see him needing some additional support at that time. I think it, it was unfair for him to feel that Monica should shoulder all of the weight of the things that he was going through. Mm-hmm. It was unfair for him to have that expectation. His thing was really just expectations. He expected yeah. his father to be perfect he expected monica to carry everything for him in the relationship and he expected himself to be a level of greatness that he didn't allow himself the opportunity to develop into yeah absolutely so for me i was gonna die i did rule out avoidant person avoidant personality disorder for quincy yeah okay I was teetering on that for a bit because I was like, you know, we're throwing out labels. But today I, I took it back. I was like, you don't need that sticker today. And so instead, I did V codes for 61.20 parent-child relational problems with dad, um, V61.03 disruption of family by separation or divorce, and then V62.8 phase of life problem. I didn't really know if I could put anything in there for the spousal thing because of him and Monica. But for the most part, I feel like that kind of covers all of it because that phase of life is what caused him to end the relationship with Monica at that point to make those different transitions, you know, from being in college to pro. So, yeah, I I don't know. There was nothing else that I, I could really give Quincy. And I do agree that he had so much that he was dealing with that one time that he really could have used that additional support and maybe talking with his coach or or teammates. I don't understand where they were during this time. Like, why was he only seeking out Monica? (laughs) I'm just saying, we talk about writing a lot (laughs) or all my little hood classic movies and we would be like, oh, this don't make sense. But I'm like, this man changed his whole life in a week. (laughs) Yeah, no one like said anything. Like you just could quit in the middle of the season like that, bro, like what? That's not cool. <laughs> so uh, my uh, concern is with his his necessity on winning. And that he, he's had that since he was a child where he didn't, especially being beaten by a female. And so he didn't like that uh, Monica was beating him when he was younger and he (laughs) pushed her and gave her the star. He didn't Uh. like that. (laughs) Like, he would, I only let you, you only only won because I wanted you to because he was stripping naked. And Mm. then the later on with the, he was playing the hell out of Monica. Took his knee brace off, body check. Right. Mm. Like, all of that. But then double or nothing. So like, you, you knew that you wanted me, but you just couldn't you had to mm-hmm. play this game and win to prove that point. Yes, it all bothered sp- me. It was fair in love and basketball. Message? <laughs> no, no message. No message. <laughs> no That's message. That's healthy. That's a a healthy. Toxic. <laughs> Playing games. It's playing games. Yeah, I feel like there might be some c- furthered resentment later on if Quincy isn't playing basketball and Monica is, and even though. He might not. He's like, well, she's in the WNBA. I was in the NBA. So I feel like that's, you know, now it's her turn. I don't know mm-hmm. if he would reach that. I feel like he might be like, I don't have basketball anymore. And she does like it. It just seems like it could be a breeding ground for for more competition and competition mm-hmm. in a relationship isn't healthy. And so that is something that I would if I saw them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Try to work through yeah. Even though I don't do couples counseling, it is not my favorite. I don't. Girl, like it. I can't. I remember the first time I did couples. <laughs> oh my gosh, they didn't come back. Oh, oh. Maybe you fixed them. You did it. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> I met with both of them. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, I guess they're not coming back because I, I, I really was very much transparent about, you know, what was ha- I I just reiterated, paraphrased, summarized. <laughs> I did the basics. You they know, that even... mirror. Uh, that's what happened. Yes. And they were like, mm-hmm. We're not ready it, to see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, the guy got up during the session. He pacing back and forth, yelling. And oh, yeah, I was you know, concerned. You're not. You're not about to stand up over me in session, right? But this was on Zoom too, <laughs> so oh, during oh, okay. the pandemic. And I'm, just, ma'am, are you safe? I'm, blink twice if you. I said, Are you okay? I'm yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, that's how he get. It's Tuesday, girl. (laughs) It was a it was a whole ordeal. I was like, look, this is what y'all making me deal with. You sure you won't go here? Then hear back. Okay, so uh I think (laughs) one character that gets ignored and who probably definitely is going to need um an additional level of support after this film would have ended was Tyra Banks. Oh, <laughs> this woman living her life she's a gay she's happy she's thinking things she are on the up happy. and up and yeah. you know bright bubbly personality and then a week before she's to get married he is calling it off and running away with his next door neighbor I mean yes and this is what you call resiliency pick yourself up baby girl you'll be alright wipe your tears no more crying she'll be alright she right. a pretty girl she's a student she'll get another man get another man I feel like you disappointed in my reaction. So, like I said, a character that gets ignored and who probably is going to need an additional level of support after this film is Tyra Banks. Hits someone to care. Example someone to share, to be loved. <laughs> That's what she needs. Shut the hell up! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so moving on to Monica's uh, family. We talked a lot about Quincy's family of origin. Moving on to Camille, Nathan, and Lena. Um, This Mm. family felt a little enmeshed for me. Um, It was cute. They felt really loved. Like, you know, like, "Hmm, I love you, family. Yes. Attention. Attention. No? Okay. <laughs> you beg you beg to differ. At least I hey I- I just move forward. I know that I will always be a good parent in your eyes. I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of grace, a lot of room for error. <laughs> Never no in Mm-mm. your eyes, if yep. that family was just a cute Yeah. <laughs> it's like they were the cute. Of course, they had their issues. Yeah, yeah, that, they had their issues. They, their they issues. were a cute family. They, I don't think, were. No one was actually as happy as they were pretending to be, except for maybe Lena, because she was showing Lena up as her the, authentic she, self right. at all times. She was living her best life. I'm a hoe. But <laughs> well, she had to be a hoe. <laughs> no, but the reason I say they was the mesh Why, like, why would you feel like it's okay to set me up on a date to my school dance with a college man that I don't know? Because she knew Monica didn't talk to anyone. And she knew that Monica only had a thing for Quincy, but wasn't going to ask Quincy to go to no dance. So let me help you out, Monica, like I do in everything in your life and provide you a date to your dance. And he ain't just no regular dude. It's fine. It's her being a bigger sister trying to look out for her.
1: Fine. A meash me It just <laughs> was
0: weird. <laughs> what? I mean Maybe heck, I don't have a bigger sister, so I don't know how that roll. Maybe it's just me. This could this could be this could be something, you know, you get as counselors we have to work through our own stuff and <laughs> focus on our our blind spots as well. I don't have any older, older siblings, so I don't know with the responsibilities. You know, of, none of my older siblings are trying to put me on the date with anybody that was never my relationship without your knowledge whom you've never met no no they've never done it so yeah yeah okay so I'm just you know just checking in and all right it is weird it is weird and (laughs) um and then I definitely felt that uh Camille played by Alfred Witter was very much so almost resentful to the children because they didn't appreciate the amount of sacrifices that she made Mm -hmm. that she felt like she had to make for having children she put all of her dreams on hold the kids didn't ask you to do that you chose to do that and Mm -hmm. they want you to assert yourself they want you to love yourself they want you to value yourself enough to do what matters to you you have the inability to do that and you see that as a sacrificing for your kids but you get mad at them because they don't appreciate that you did that when really all that they want is for you to explore your happiness and your inability to love your yourself in that way turned in an inability, an inability to love the the differences about them and i felt like even when, um Kyla Pratt was Monica and she was younger. She was like, yeah, but mom said she don't know where I came from because I'm different. <laughs> like Dad, Your mom said that to you? and She's just like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> putting their fingers in that cake. Like three different people put their fingers in they that did. cake. I hope no one ate it. I hope Afra Witter was like, yeah, let's get rid of this. I'd look like a delicious cake, actually. I'm kind of in a... Came from the store, they cake. took it out the box. So I'm yeah, sure it was it looks until delicious. everyone... <laughs> <laughs> taste test um so <laughs> hi James. Hi, James. Yeah. so i think that she was resentful not only towards the kids but towards her husband like mm-hmm. you know like he didn't necessarily leave room for her to maybe feel like she could you know like you depend on me so much that oh my god who is gonna make the decision between you wearing the blue or the white one and who is going to eye your shirt? And then, of all things, you don't even take my suggestion for the one I said for you to wear. So why the... Okay, sorry. Why did you ask about right. both of them? <laughs> I went somewhere. Sorry, friends. Let me come back. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was really about to go off about that. But it's it's like, why? And so I don't feel like she felt like it that she had the space to. And then also, after a certain period of time, it, it almost felt like the, the job, the job world shifted for women during that time. And like the, the, the importance and the requirement for education and higher education might have also played a role in her feeling like, man, can I even compete now? Not to say that, you know, you have to go to Harvard in order for you to be uh, in culinary, or in, what did she want to be? She wanted to be. She wanted to be a caterer. A caterer, right? You don't have to go to Harvard to to be a caterer. Like, so it wasn't that she couldn't do it, but your I also wonder. Your food wondered, just gotta taste good. It just and gotta she taste has a good. banker as a husband, so like he could he could help, with, help the you with the business side, right? Of it and you just make your good food. Uh, and, but then you know it it did come into that her viewing herself and seeing where her worth was, and like you said, it did inform. It did inform her um, her interactions with her daughters because it. She said that to Monica, and saying the one thing I I loved about you the most is that you went for what you wanted, mm-hmm. and that right there lets you know like that's what she wanted all her life. And so yeah, I I I kind of diagnosed her a bit too. Um, okay, go ahead. Let's hear. It, girl, <laughs> you sure? <laughs> You want to hear it? Okay, so what I said was obsessive compulsive personality because she had to have everything a certain way. She, you know, she wanted to, she had to be the person to make dinner. She had to be the person to do certain things for the family, but that's all I have. (laughs) No, I I can see where you're going with that. And I, I feel like I wonder if it is her... These things need to be done and these things need to be done a certain way that I am going to just fully engulf myself in this. And so everything else important gets left to the wayside. Like if we're using that diagnosis as like a framework for her behaviors, I definitely can see that. And I wonder if it's it, it. She's blaming the kids for her not chasing her goals. And I wonder if it was really just her own fear that kept her from chasing her goals and she's blaming the kids on it Mm -hmm. and then making them responsible for her current situations and her feelings. And and Mm -hmm. again, which is why I say enmeshment. And I'm wondering if Alfred Witter character, uh, Camille didn't maybe come from a house of either uh, um, substance abuse, maybe, or someone who just was Mm -hmm. having some extreme behaviors because she's very much in that enabling role. She very much is, I need to stay quiet and things need to go on around me and I need to put on this, front that we are living this perfect life and I don't like it when Monica gets mad in public I don't like it when she shows out like that I, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- there's these certain things we have to present this certain way in order for everything to be okay and so I definitely mm-hmm. can g- agree with um, your diagnosis there and, and think that that puts a good uh, perspective on how we view possibly potentially the behaviors that we see that come from her that kind of shape Monica's opposite She's doing the opposite actions there. Right, exactly. Especially like you said, um, you know, she has a rigid way of looking at how women should behave and show up. And, you mm-hmm. know, so that's impacting how she looks at both her daughters, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm flexible. Whereas Lena said, like I'm going to be me. And yeah, I like some of this pretty cool stuff. Monica also said, I'm going to be me, but I like this other stuff. And because mm-hmm. Lena's mm-hmm. Uh, likes and personality and just presentation was more in alignment with uh, Camille's mm-hmm. views, It was more acceptable. Whereas Lena was very much so doing her and being her full authentic self. But Monica was being punished for it just because the exact same thing, being her full authentic self, because it wasn't in alignment with Camille's views. Yeah. yeah. Because Nathan supported um, Monica. Nathan was going to the games. Nathan was Mm -hmm. showing up, which which was the dad, her husband. Yeah, He was showing up. He was there. He talked to her about things that she was interested Mm -hmm. in and Mm -hmm. all of those things. So yeah and she told her she only came to two games and then when you see it as a viewer you see one of the two occasions and
1: when and she she's fussing there at her during she that fussing
0: at, yeah you know and then she has a book in her hand so she's not really invested or interested in and even pay attention to that you're yeah. right yeah so it's like all it it did matter all this time it did matter mom and like you know she sat. you see her kind of processing that and in, in that moment too like oh I guess I do matter to her. And like she took on the role of not mattering. And so that's what's being personified is like, I don't matter. So I don't have to show up in this place and space for you because I'm here at home. This is where you need me. And this is where I show up for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just hurt my heart to hear it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think everything that you said was spot on and completely correct and... Yeah. Oh, Monica. I now know, She got right? to deal with all of the emotions. And then she got to go deal with Quincy and all of his emotions. And yeah. it's just Black women, y'all deserve so much more. <laughs> you are worthy. You are worthy of it all. And you don't have to deal with mediocre people. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Wait, was that enough for me? That was for all of us, okay, collectively. Good yeah i was like wait was that the diaspora (laughs) yeah no that was across the diaspora it was for all of us we just all (sighs) in agreement (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah i think at this point what is happy like a happy feeling and why i feel happy when i see that ending is that she looks like she's happy where she is and that she's done what she wanted for herself and that's all that matters yeah so and Monica showed us that you can, I guess, have it all. Whatever it is that you want, it all to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quincy won't well, all that great, um, but Omar mm-hmm. Epps has the best eyes in Hollywood, and I <sighs> said, especially back then before you know the mm-hmm. thyroid issue, whatever's going on now, and you know because his head is shaped a little different and everything. I hope oh, he's okay. Yeah. But, um, but in the nineties, in the two thousands, like when ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, he was I it. stared was at it. that. Oh, I dang, yeah. And then you know we had the 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 reuniting of Deja (laughs) and With Tyra Bakes, remember, in Higher Learning? Yes. It was yes, Epson, yes. <laughs> Tyra Bakes, and she was Deja. So I was excited mm-hmm. to see her be the flight attendant. I just feel so bad for her, and I hope that she can find something better than Quincy as well. Um, not to it. bash Quincy. I think Quincy is a good dude. I just think that he has some emotional growing to do, and I hope that he has done that before uh, Monica and Quincy come back together. But it, it it can be a fairy tale ending. I think we all do deserve fairy tale endings, um, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think that they can look however you want them to be. As long as you are happy, it seems like, like you said, Monica was doing all of the things that she loved to do where she wanted to do them. And Mm so I hope that that was exactly what it was. And I hope that Quincy is happy in what he's doing. I hope that he is standing Mm -hmm. up in his, like, I am a family man and I am holding my family together and I'm Mm -hmm. loving on my woman and I'm creating this nuclear unit that is unbreakable and feeling a sense of purpose there and a sense of responsibility there. And then also finding his own identity outside of sport because he deserves that as well. Mm -hmm. And that was something that he was really struggling with. And he was putting his body through it because he didn't have that other piece of identity yet. And he even admits that when he is playing her before they do play one-on-one, like I think, I am like you said, you didn't love it anymore. Like something Mm -hmm. was missing. I think I'm starting to feel that. And so I hope that he was able to find what that something else was for him as well. And I hope it's not all just, you know, their attention going towards the child because Mm -hmm. they have to be full people as well. You have to Mm -hmm. be full in order to give. And so I hope that they both find that and, Um, especially because we want the best for Monica. Quincy was fine and not only because he's fine, but he also deserves the best because Black men, we love y'all too and we want y'all to heal too. And he went through it for a couple years and I think that unfortunately his whole character was surmised by a tough transition for him. That one week is what we see his whole character be. And (laughs) it's not fair because that was his darkest moment, it seems like. And no one wants their entire character to be summarized by their darkest time the time when they were making all their mistakes the time Mm -hmm. when they weren't when they were being emotional and they were just being reactive it's not Mm -hmm. fair for anyone to summarize who you are based on your darkest time I just wish we would have gotten to see more a little more you know yeah Yeah, because we see a little we see more of Monica's growth but we don't see Quincy's growth in that same way Mm -hmm. Um, so that would have been nice because we could have got a fuller view of him as well but the story was originally written as I guess it's kind of loosely based on the director's experiences. So we get much more oh. of Monica's point of view. And yes, things of that because such. she's a, a, a black woman, which is something of a of a unicorn in the film <laughs> industry. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're doing better now. But for that time specifically in the early 2000s, yeah, you weren't gonna see a lot of film or directors who were women, yet alone to be black, a black woman, and to do as well as they did in the box office. So kudos to them. Yes. And this was just a movie about black people doing stuff, which is always great. There was right? it was just yes. you know experience and stuff. They they roller coaster wasn't even that deep. They like was together their whole life, lost mm-hmm. each other for like five years and they got right back together. So it wasn't like a huge, dramatic, like terrible things didn't have to happen to these people in order for them to find hope. Like, no, they were just mm-hmm. Black people who were loving and living and experiencing. And I always love movies like that. Even, not even nothing. Just I just love, I don't know. It's, it's just, black just a, a being, love story. Yeah, this drama, I love it. We needed this. You know, I really do hate that we even have to, like, describe the couple as, like, a Black, African-American couple navigates, whatever, whatever. Like, why can't it just be a couple? Like, Because the Blackness is, it it accentuates the awesomeness. It accentuates the beauty. It accentuates the excellence. I love it. And they better capitalize Black every time that they say it. Every time they say it. I just, And like yeah. uh these are two beautiful people. And I did not know when I was younger that Sanaa and Omar Epps was dating at the time. <gasps> they were. Is that why that chemistry is everything? Cause man, I was like, ooh, y'all better be good. when they kiss, I was like, yes, yeah, she kiss, a, kiss again. It was kissing, kissing. When she looked down at it for the first time, it was shocked and was like, where's all that going? Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, I know. His response is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, why, that's what all the girls say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Because he was out yeah. here throwing dick, too. He, yeah, definitely. He was. Life father, life son. That's why I'm like, Quincy, you can't be mad at your daddy for doing the same thing. He, Like, what you expect, bro? <laughs> He's you, but at a higher level. What do you expect? I don't know. Yeah all of the things right hopefully he has a realization one day yeah and i hope that him and his father i would have really liked to see him and his father come to some type of understanding with their relationship even if they stay mad at each other i just would have Mm -hmm. liked to see like what happened with that relationship in the movie um i think that that we kind of left that wide open of him just talking Mm -hmm. his shit and getting out all of his feelings but we never really got like Okay, and now I'm ready to move on. Like, do, do is he granddad to the to the baby? Like, do they have a relationship? Like, I need yeah. answers. You know, I don't like it when they leave stuff open. I know. And so we we were I was just thinking, like, okay, maybe we should um open up and consider having a, a two. Love and basketball. No. Two. No, thank you. you. Know? No, a um, loving basketball series. Um, so um maybe mm-hmm. like if they do it like how they do Bel Air where like it's yeah. completely different and just yeah. kind of the same then okay. the we're not going to do like a coming to America we're not going to do that no okay all right so Love and Basketball the series and Babies and ba- <laughs> Love, Basketball and Babies um, just kind of has the same Love and Basketball and Marriage and Marriage and like we get the last part of it at the beginning but the this, the other half of the season is where they are Post-college, um, like we're at post-marriage type thing. And that the played the, the whole series. Yes, Netflix, just give me a call. You can We can talk some more about this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just want to make that plug. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to give a special shout out to Snot Lathan for like never playing basketball, but not being like a, you couldn't tell. Handles. Yeah, little handles. Her little jump shot pose that she had to hold for the rest of the practice because she didn't get back on defense, right? Yep, she was like, Yeah, this is a good shot here, looking like the Statue of Liberty. I mean, um, even as an athlete, though, you can only hold that for a while before that thing starts to burn. Okay, I know she was pissed in that practice, she was like, But can I get back (laughs) in? I never mind that. I <laughs> don't do it no more. You're supposed to follow through. <laughs> Lilla, be like, okay, I switch the arm. Okay, I switch arms. <laughs> I do it with this one too. <laughs> oh, this is why I can't play basketball. They kicked me out. Too many games. No yeah. discipline. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have terrible hand-eye coordination, so basketball is not my sport. I know many mm-hmm. people assume that I do just, you know, physicality that that would be my area of expertise. It is not; mm-hmm. basketball is mm-hmm. not my sport, and so I would get kicked off from pure inability alone, and then being a goofball mm-hmm. on top of it. Like right. you already can't play, and then you and then you want to laugh, laugh? Jokes the whole right? Time? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Lot of room. I love it, Copeland. You're out of here, right? That's me. I'll be out. That's fine. See you guys later. <laughs> but one thing I do know is what? that one thing that uh, they could have fixed in the writing, mm-hmm. Gabrielle ain't never had no big-ass cities. So how was Shawna Easton supposed to be the one with the big-ass cities? because I know. It's never it been was, a feature of Gabrielle Union. They were a little itty-bitty titty committee-ish. You know? Like, girl. I was looking I think it too. makes sense hey sitting in that dress perfectly fine ain't no spillage (laughs) secured and tucked (laughs) okay with all that said if (laughs) if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a patreon member or donate on our cash app now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles but we'd rather the kind that folds As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. You can also purchase merch from our website. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. It's Cinephile.